It's time. John Gruden's our guest, head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. JT the Brick, great talking to you. Hope you're well, man. It's time. Well, you know how we want to play, JT. You know me probably better than anybody out there. It's time for the JT the Brick Show. We're going to play old school football. JT the Brick on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Can't wait to play in that stadium and get this party started. You got no idea. Here's your host, JT the Brick. All right, we're back. JT with you. Hour number two brought to you by Ihole Tequila, proud partner of the Henderson Silver Knights. What a partnership there. This great tequila company knows how to make the finest tequila out of Guadalajara, Mexico. They are a proud partner of our show in the Henderson Silver Knights. We lead this hour with Gary Lawless, part of the night's broadcast team, on what was a huge win last night, a must-win at home, and they took care of business after trailing one nothing. Gary joins us, and Gary, that was a big one. Did it feel like a must-win for you? It's never a must-win until you're in an elimination situation, but certainly an important win. You had to get... Uh, you didn't want to go to Minnesota down 2 nothing, and you had to start to feel good about yourself as a team. This is one of the best teams in the NHL, and I think they left the rink on Sunday afternoon feeling pretty pretty down in the mouth after, you know, having wasting a vintage Marc-Andre Fleury performance and going down one nothing in a series because you couldn't score on Cam Talbot. It's interesting to me that the Wild match up so well against the Golden Knights and cutting down the neutral zone, their physicality, their defense when they pack it in. It feels like I'm watching a Premier League team in soccer when a team goes up one nothing, then they just sit back and play defense. Why has this been an issue in the past, and what do you think the Golden Knights figured out in that victory? Well, they figured out that they needed to play their own game. I think, you know what? the Wild wanted to do is have them dump the puck in and stay on the perimeter. And really the Golden Knights, they need, listen, sometimes you are going to have to dump the puck in, but the best way to beat Cam Talbot is to get him moving east-west and to do that easier on the rush than you can from, uh, from behind the goal line. So I think Vegas was a little choosier about their shot selection, held on to the puck a little more, tried to make plays, tried to go east-west in the offensive zone and get Talbot shifting. If he's allowed to just sit in the middle of the net and stare down the shooter all night, you're not going to beat him. Gary Lawless joins us. This is important to me because matchups make for unbelievable battles, and it just seems like this is going to be a grinded-out series. And as we wait for Pacioretty to come back and Tuck had a big game, do they need a big guy in front of the net? Is this the game where the series where Tuck's got to be in front of the net, causing traffic, you know, breaking down what's going to happen, deflected goals there? Is he the type of player that can continue to have a great series? Well, he's going to have to. He has to. He's been given that uh, catbird seat on the top line, and he took advantage of it last night. You know, used his speed to create opportunities to back people up. Uh, Alex Tuck can score any way you like. He can shoot it. He can deke. He can crash the net. Can come from behind the net. He just needs to get it in his mind that he's a superstar. And he's going to play like a superstar and act like a superstar and perform like a superstar. He can do it. What's the update with the Nosek injury? Seems pretty serious here. How'd you see it in real time? Yeah, you know, just looked like a hit. Looked like a regular hit to me. And uh, um, obviously Thomas was already banged up. So uh, 
Uh, DeBoer said he's being evaluated uh, today, and uh, we'd have an update tomorrow. Gary Lawless joins us. I'm fascinated, fascinated like many fans on Flurry and Leonard. The plan was always to have a rotation because we've talked about this, and you told me in the playoffs they would have fresh legs. It would be an advantage to have two goaltenders going up against teams like Colorado, other teams that just have one. But now Flurry's so hot, you can't take him out of the game. How big of a story is this nationally? Because you talk nationally about and globally in Canada with your peers about what this goalie issue is about with Vegas. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you have the backdrop of what happened last year with Leonard taking over the job, uh, the agent getting upset about it. Uh, this is obviously a, it's a spicy one. The bottom line is Flurry plays until he looks tired or until he gets beat. Uh, like, does, doesn't look good. Uh, he just, you know, if you're Pete DeBoer, you, you don't overthink this. The guy's playing at a level uh, as high as anyone in the world. Leave him alone. And you do have to, at some point in time, get Leonard some work. But, you know, just let it happen organically. Mm -hmm. Let the decisions, let, let those decisions be made on their own. Don't force yourself onto it. Don't overcoach. Gary Lawless joins us. We're brought to you by Ihole Tequila, the official tequila sponsor of the Henderson Silver Knights. Let's jump in with Marciso and getting him going. Maybe Carlson next and a goal scorer that you think in this series is on the verge of breaking out. Marciso, you know, I, it was funny. After he scored, I turned to Dan. At Dan Duva, we were doing the game on, uh, on, on Lotus and I, on, on Fox Sports LV, and I just said, hey, who else? Who else was it going to be? This team needed a goal like uh, JT needs a <laughs> six to nine ounces of cab on a Friday at, at 445. <laughs> like it, uh, it had to happen. There's no, no denying JT, and there was no denying Jonathan Marsha. So, so um, I think he'll continue to be a big piece. Listen. Mark Stone hasn't gotten in and going yet in this series. That's got to change. He's got to be – Mark Stone's got to be dominant. And uh, I think getting Tuck on that line and Tuck getting going, the next guy that's going to catch fire will be the captain. Did you see enough with Petrangelo after game one, the improvement in game two? Where does he stand the rest of this series in the matchup? Yeah, he's been excellent. I thought he was good last night. Uh, I don't have any problem with his play. Uh, you know – I think both him and Theodore were tentative in game one. I think the whole team was. I think there was pressure on the Golden Knights. They were the only team in the NHL to win 40 games. Uh, if they get knocked out in the first round, it's but this, the fan base in Vegas expects this team to go to the Stanley Cup. I, I think a lot of them expect them to win it. And, and regardless of the fact that it's the toughest road to get to the trophy in any sport, Minnesota could very easily end the Golden Knights season. I'm not saying they will, but like this is a very capable team. I think there was a lot of pressure on the Golden Knights. Getting that win last night eases it off a little bit. Getting on the plane today and going to Minnesota, going to play in St. Paul at the XL Center, and not having to worry about the pressure of, of performing in Vegas – going to be a good thing for the Golden Knights. Wrapping up with Gary Lawless. Let's go around the league. Capitals and Bruins, what you love about this series? Big boy hockey. Yeah. 
you know, there's a, and I, you can say that about every series, really, right now. Um, it's been uh, uh, that's been a really good series. Washington is banged up, but they're gutting it out and uh, full value from the Bruins. That's going to be that, that series is going to be long. The Avalanche want to put the Blues away early and rest up for the winner of this series, obviously with the Wild and Golden Knights. How hard can the Blues push the Avalanche, or is it just not a good matchup for them? You know, I think the Blues really miss David Perron, and now we find out today that they've got uh, a, a COVID scare going on there. Their GM, Doug Armstrong, has said that uh, there's some discrepancies in COVID tests that uh, that that they've received. So there's, uh, I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I think that they're, they're working with the league. They're going to try and work that out. Um, that's a distraction that nobody needs at this time of year. You know what I was talking about the other day with a mutual friend and people around who know hockey is the pressure on these coaches to win and then their staffs to keep the staff together. The coach goes, a lot on the staff go. I didn't know how intense it was in this sport. It happens in other sports from time to time, but a lot of people in an organization stay when a coach is let go. There is enormous pressure in the opening round and the second round with these favorite teams all around the league to advance and move on. I didn't understand the pressure from the top down. Well, it's, it's money. Yeah. Right? The, the owners in the NFL, they don't care how many playoff dates they get. What's the max you can get? Yeah, two playoff home playoff dates. It's not it's, the the money there is TV, and because the money the TV money in the NHL is smaller than the other leagues, those gates like when when the, the Golden Knights when they lost out to San Jose that year, it cost Bill Bill Foley tens of millions of yeah. dollars. That's where the pressure comes from. These owners want play home playoff gates. You talk to any general manager in the NHL. They'll tell you, if you get to the conference final, everybody's going to be happy. And you've got a chance to win the Stanley Cup. You're in the final four. You've done a good job. You've built a good team. You've made your owner a bunch of playoff money. It's, you know, do you want to win at that point in time? Sure. But that comes, it comes down to injuries and a hot goalie from that point on usually. So, it's you know, conference final and beyond, is gravy. You get to the conference final, your owner's had four, five, six home playoff dates. He's put some money away. It's a good time. He's happy. Does he want to win? Absolutely. But you know, these guys are billionaires for a reason. They like money. Well, when they went down one nothing, and I was on the radio with my other show, and I'm looking up, and I'm texting buddies inside. And I'm like, here we go. And Marcia So comes right back and answers. I thought that was critical. The momentum in the building to get the fans back in that game. I'm not expecting that, right? In Minneapolis, they're not going to have the fans there at the level that we had here in Vegas. That shouldn't be an issue with a real big home ice advantage, finally. I mean, 3,500 people in the building there. That's the max that, yeah. they're, uh, that they're allowed to have at this point in time. So uh, uh, that will certainly help. I know Matt Dumba was talking about uh, their record at home is is tremendous, and Dean Evison does a really good job with last change. But I think that the, like the things they think are going to be advantages for them in terms of home ice, they not they're not looking at it from a Golden Knights perspective, where you know <laughs> they they went down one nothing. It wasn't the it wasn't the eighty seven hundred in the building. It was the entire city 
of Las Vegas and the entire state of Nevada that was deflated and was starting. Uh, I can show you my phone. I didn't look at look at it till after the night. At the end of the night, I got texts. Oh, they can't score, and what's <laughs> going on, and we're gonna lose, and it's it's the Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs. Like games, like I, I did a TV hit yesterday with my friend Ted Preddy from Fox, and he's like, "How important is the first five minutes?" Well, it's important, but the games, it's like the yeah. games aren't over till the end. Like it's like if they don't take that penalty, and Vegas, like like that penalty. The, the penalty late in the game, number one, it took Kaprizov off the ice, their yes. best player. Number two, defensive zone draw for the Wild. they got to put Talbot back in the net. And that gave Vegas the opportunity to never let them get set up in their own end. If that doesn't happen, it's a minute and a half of a shooting gallery, six on five. And maybe, maybe, the, maybe there's overtime, and there's a bad bounce in overtime. These games, one mistake changes it all and that's why it's so fabulous like there's no it's not like an nfl game where you're up by 14 with six minutes and you get you get two first downs and it's over this 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 goes to the very end it's fantastic you're fantastic how did it take so long for me to figure out that mackenzie rivers got a wing special my buddies are like we get here early the tv broadcast is set up it's the best wing special in town and beverages i didn't know about this you got to give me the hook we're both summerlin guys you got to give me the summerlin hook you know i'm, I'm uh, right in front of roy's liquors that's the that's where i'm parked right now i'm not going inside but that's the hookup for you. That's the, oh, that's the, that's that, the secret in Las Vegas. Roy's wine, cigars, and liquor. That's, Roy is a gem. That's where I get my cigars when I'm not eating at Mastriani's. Take care, my friend. We'll talk to you throughout the series. Later, bro. You got it. There he is, Gary Lawless, checking in. In front of Roy's Liquor, right in my hood, in downtown Summerlin. Or close to downtown Summerlin. Brought to you by Ihole. The international award-winning tequila. How long did I say I wanted a tequila company on this show? We got everything. We got the best partners in all of Vegas Sports Talk. And now I have an award-winning tequila. Ijole, spelled H-I-J-O-L-E, pronounced Ijole, where you can get it throughout town, a proud partner of the Silver Knights. suits up who's ever in the lineup we, we still got to go out and play championship basketball you know it's next man up and, um, and like I said before we look forward to that challenge big, big game tonight as we continue on JT with you Kalena Azabuki will join us in a moment from the Bay Area he's one of the Warriors analysts on that pre and post he's fantastic we're brought to you by Sam and Ash your personal injury attorneys Look, if you're in a car accident, these are two of my friends. They will do whatever it takes to get a settlement and to get you the money you deserve 
far beyond what you expect. I've seen them do it. I know some of their clients. They have told me this firsthand. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Sam will join us tomorrow, number 702-820-1234. If you want to reach out to them, you'll get Sam and Ashley at this number, 702-820-1234, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, or go to samandashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. Kalen Azabuki, kind enough to join us, former warrior, as we get ready for a massive game tonight. Kalena, thanks for doing this, and it seems more like a playoff game than a play-in game. How do you see it? Oh, definitely, definitely. It, well, listen, the Warriors, they've been playing extremely well, winning six in a row to end this season. I feel like this is the best they've really played all season, kind of peaking at the right time. It was kind of a slow, volatile uptrend when it comes to the Warriors and trying to plug some of the holes, the issues they've had with defensive rebounding and making sure the teams aren't killing them on the boards, making sure they're playing without fouling and sending teams to the free throw line a bunch of times, all those different things that they've gotten better and better slowly and making sure it's not terrible to the point where it's really killing them and, and affecting games in a big way. And then also I think about the ascension of the role players. Guys like Jordan Poole off the bench, who mm-hmm. lately had been playing like Jordan Clarkson with maybe a little more playmaking. And he's he's playing with that kind of confidence, shooting a three ball really well, no hesitation, no indecision. He's quick decisions, it's pick and rolls. He's got the ability to be a playmaker and find his teammates too. So he's kind of an offense generator off the bench and, and a spark plug. And you got guys like Ken Bazemore who's kind of worked himself into a, a kind of X factor and he can make threes. And then Andrew Wiggins has just been proving that he does have heart and he's, he's going to show up in big moments. And that's the way it's been lately when he's been playing really well. But I think the main thing for the Warriors is they've been relying on their defense. If, if you look at how they've been playing lately, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. If you look at the last 15 games or so, and obviously the Lakers are number one in the league defensively on this season, but the Warriors have been better than them lately defensively. So that's really where the Warriors are are hanging their hats. And it's going to be an interesting matchup because obviously you think about the Lakers' size and you go, well, that could be an issue with Andre Drummond and Anthony Davis. But if you ask Draymond Green about their lack of size, and believe me, I have, he will tell you, that the Warriors are dogs. He is a dog. Looney is a dog. And they want you to come at them. So, listen, it's going to be box office. It's what the league wanted with this play-in tournament. And the stars are aligning. Glenna Zabuki joins us. So it really seems like Glenna has a lot to do with Steve Kerr and the depth of his coaching staff. You mentioned Wiggins. We spent a lot of time talking about Wiggins over the last couple of weeks. He really seems like an X factor. Steph is getting the global headlines, and I mean global, for the late MVP march that he's tried to make. He's been exceptional, but it seems like Kerr's vision, the defense, everything is paying off for this team. That says a lot because I haven't seen a lot of that from the Lakers this year. Yeah, well, everybody's gone through the injuries, and the Lakers definitely have. Everybody knows the Lakers aren't a seven seed or an eight seed, either one. And you always feel bad for the for the one and two seed this year, working as hard as they did to get the one and two seed. And if everything goes the way people think it'll go, 
and the Lakers and the Warriors maybe both get in. <laughs> you got the one and two seeds playing those two teams. That is not too fun, and I'm sure neither of them will be happy about that, but they'll tell you, oh, we don't care. We're just willing to play anybody. We feel like we can beat anybody, but down deep, they're probably going, man, it's, that kind of stinks. But you said with Andrew Wiggins, the thing that's impressed me most with Andrew Wiggins is how consistent he's been defensively. He, he's been a guy that has had some game-winning stops. He's contesting everything and, and really altering shots at the rim because of his length. It's so tough to beat him off the drill because when you do feel like you have a step on him, he's so long and he's athletic enough that he can still bother you from behind and give you some issues there. And, and the biggest thing is he has the want-to, and they're really holding him accountable. And when you play with a guy like Draymond Green, who sets a tone on that side, you can't lollygag or you're going to mm-hmm. stick out. And so everybody's finding that out, but they're having fun playing defense, and they're, they've really relied on the defensive end. You think about the, the two games, the head-knocking back-to-back they won against Utah and Phoenix. They didn't shoot the three-ball well. They didn't really play amazing offensive like you would think they would have to to win those two games. It was their defense. It was just hard-nosed defense, make everything tough in the paint, fire out to three-point shooters and contest, play without fouling for the most part, and just be solid there and give yourself a chance to win in the end and, and close them out. And and that's the way they got those two games under their belt. So, it, listen, they're, they're playing really well. And the Lakers – the Lakers know that and the Warriors have the Lakers respect and vice versa. So again, you, you just think about the size with the Lakers, their ability to get into the paint because they're not making a ton of threes on the scene. They don't rely on the three ball. It's it's mm-hmm. getting penetration with Dennis Schroeder, which the Warriors have struggled at times, obviously on the season, the Warriors won one and the Lakers got the other two. And, that was an issue. The the penetration, Warriors being able to stop that at times. The Warriors went zone, and <clears throat> the Lakers really picked them apart at times, especially in two wins. So it, it's going to be a tall order. But you said it, with Wiggins playing the way he is and Steph just being an absolute problem. He's seeing double teams, triple teams, all kinds of gimmick defenses, boxing ones. I know that he's only averaging 23 against the Lakers, and – they got Dennis Schroeder and Caruso and some other guys they can throw at him. But Steph has been on one lately, and I'm sure he's looking to have a big game. And he's mentally preparing for all the double teams and, and what he's going to see from the Lakers being able to pass and move without the ball. A lot of times they start him without the ball, and he's able to draw a double team off the ball. When that happens, he's, he's getting his teammates layups. So he's going to be looking to be aggressive and infuse that energy and the Warriors offense by continuing to move relentlessly. Well, as the book is, we wrap it up. What a great job he does on the Warriors broadcast. I watch it all the time in Vegas where I am. I think it's a great broadcast. Everything they do, especially post-game, fantastic. Glenn, i got to ask you this as a former player. Nationally, a lot of fans are upset with this year. They just are. A lot of fans are upset because they didn't think the players cared as much about the regular season as they did in the past in your era and the era before you. Is that a fair criticism with load management, players not playing maybe through injuries, knowing that the postseason matters more? Do you hear that often? What do you say to that? 
I think it's a fair criticism. It's kind of it's kind of the way the NBA has gone lately, and a lot of players are taking a lot of games off. Uh, I think it's going to come to a head at some point in some way with collective bargaining. Maybe they figure out a way to say, okay, you can get 10 games off, 10 games off, depending on what happens with the regular season. If they go back to 82, maybe you get 10 games off, and then the rest has to be a doctor-mandated absence. Like, Because doctors, they're not going to lie. The doctor is not mm-hmm. going to lie and say this guy's got something he doesn't have. So they may get a little more strict when it comes to that instead of guys just kind of taking off and, and not really being too concerned uh, about the regular season. And listen, this is something that I, I still feel like Popovich kind of started. It was, it was getting kind of crazy when guys are missing games and it just said old and and all of those different things are just rest. And there's it, it was getting kind of laughable there. So I, I was – when I played, I, I wanted to just be out there no matter what. I, I tried to play through injury. I couldn't really imagine just taking a game off where I felt like I could play. And I still feel like there's a lot of players in the league that, that do it that way, that go about it that way. I think Stephen Curry's like that. I can't imagine Steph being healthy and sitting on the bench and just not playing in a game – in the regular season, just a regular game in the regular season where you, you'd want to win. And, and now it's towards the end of the season and you're you're playing for positioning and there's a meaningless game like this last one against the Pelicans, I, I get it. it you, I don't think you can get around that. But And that's where I think that 10 games can come into play and the coaches have to figure out, okay, wh- what 10 games are we going to have them sit out where you just say rest? And that would have to fit into that. So that's kind of our idea. That's something Fitz and I have talked about, just trying to figure out ways to keep the players a little more honest and keep the product at a high level and and making sure you're not jipping the fans when fans fly out from all over the world to see certain players and they're sitting out or you got national right. – games big time games and and the stars are sitting out it's, it's disappointing it's just as a, a fan of the nba and i'm sure you you ask legends like mj and kobe god rest his soul those guys would just be baffled at 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 some of the what they've seen from players so i, I i'd love to see players want to play a little more certain guys and now that, again there's guys in the league that are really good and they they're not missing games no matter what, if they can help it. But it, it has gotten a little bit out of hand, and I really think it's going to come to a head. Glenn Zabuki, as we wrap it up, Warriors color analyst. Last one, with Steph playing nine less games than Jokic, you were there for every one. Is it enough to get in the hunt to win the MVP, or do you respect Jokic enough to say he did enough, the numbers speak for himself, and he'll win the MVP? Listen, Jokic has had a great year. But if if I had a vote, I'd be voting for Stephen Curry. I, I just feel like if you take everything into consideration, the issue with the MVP award is the stipulations are arbitrary for right. the most part. If, if you have the best player for that season on the best team or one of the best teams, then it's more straightforward and most voters will agree. 
But if it's not so straightforward and the best player is not on the best team, then you have to look at other circumstances. And with Steph, if you look at how teams have guarded him and what he's missing this season without Klay Thompson, injuries the team has dealt with, this team being in the playoff picture, you combine all that with the ridiculous season he's had, he's got an incredible case. It's so funny watching him play because – there are times when he's getting double teamed. He's at half court. It's funny. Last game, he was getting denied all the way out to half court, and he cut back door. And his back door was him ending up at the three-point line. That's how far out <laughs> they're guarding him and denying him. I believe his brother had posted something or commented something. Seth Curry said something about on on Instagram. But it, it's wild the way he's being guarded, and he's found ways. It looks like he's mentally prepared every single game and he understands where he's going to get double teamed. He's getting rid of the ball, and he's moving without the ball. And and the thing that has even gone to another level this season is his finishing, his ability to finish through contact and not avoiding contact, and and the way he's built his body up. It's really evident. He can take a little more punishment now, right? He can take a, a physical game and still thrive in that environment. And so – there's been a lot of nights where he's just unguardable and he's making these incredible shots and defenders, you look at their body language and they're just demoralized because there's really nothing you can do. He has such a quick release. So he doesn't need a ton of space to get his three ball off. A lot of times guys are right on top of him. He shoots it over him with ease. And it's not like he's the biggest guy in the world, but he's just figured it out. He's just figured out his mechanics, his, his quick release, his footwork, a little sidestep, a little subtle move to just get a tiny bit of space, uh, and, and that's all it is. And it, it's just so incredible to watch. So I just feel like all those different things I just mentioned, his case is as strong as, as any, if not more, to me. Glenn, a long conversation. Thanks for the time previewing. Such a big game coming up. Really appreciate it. I hope to talk to you deeper in the playoffs. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. It's a pleasure having you. Kalena Azabuke, really good analyst. Those in the Bay Area know him. It's a huge game tonight. It's the biggest story in sports tonight. LeBron versus Steph. Nothing else matters. Got an off night with the Golden Knights. Off night. This is a monster game. Where are you going to watch it? When we come back, I can recap coaches versus cancer and what we did the last couple of days along with Lon Kruger, all the great coaches who are in town, all the great people I had a chance to work with. Very proud of my association with Coaches vs. Cancer. DJ Allen from X's and O's of Success, longtime friend, longtime friend of Lotus Broadcasting, will give us a recap, and we'll talk about something very positive that was done in town here over the last couple of days that I'm thrilled to be a part of. Turnbull sets the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss! History! Spencer Turnbull has become the sixth Tiger pitcher to throw the eighth no-hitter in franchise history. His teammates burst out of the dugout and mob him at the mound. How about it? Brilliant all-night long, great defense behind him, especially Candelario in the seventh, 
and Spencer Turnbull has thrown a no-hitter here in Seattle. That was fun to watch last night. I was on the air live on Mad Dog last night when that happened. Final 15 minutes of our show, and we had a blast watching that. And the Mariners a no-hit again, this time by the Tigers. JT, back with you as we wrap it up. Last couple of days, every year this time, I spend time with my friends with Coaches versus Cancer. DJ Allen joins us from X's and O's to Success. It is an, it's an, a brilliant event here in town that continues to change lives, and I'm just so proud to be associated with it. DJ, great job as always. I'm sure you're decompressing after getting everybody in and out of town. How are you? I'm great, and I tell you what, you talk about you know what it's done and yourself being directly involved over the past eight years, and a lot of your listeners know you have a, a, a real connection you know, to the fight against cancer, and one of your mentors um, you know, went through that fight, and it taught you so much. And I tell you what, you, what you've done and helped this event to grow now over the past eight years, it's so special. It's well, so special. We appreciate what you do. Well, thanks, DJ. I'm just honored to be associated with We've all been touched by cancer, but to be involved with the American Cancer Society and especially with all these brilliant coaches and everybody who comes in and they get it. They know we're going to have fun. We're going to raise money. But everybody's talking about these victories. If we lose someone to the fight, we pay tribute to them. And I just like the energy around this event as this was the number one golf tournament for the American Cancer Society last year during a pandemic. And that shows a lot of what Lon Kruger and this event means to Vegas. And that's the feel that it has. And it comes from who Long Kruger is. And, and you've known Coach for a long time at just how, how he operates, of course, with the X's and O's team. You know, Bridget, what she does. You know how Jay operates. And it's just about family. I mean, it's just about doing the right thing and treating people well. And over 14 years, you get partners who get behind this. And there's a feel to it, and and whether it's the partners with MGM Resorts, whether it's out at Shadow Creek or Southern Highlands or now the Summit, you know everybody at the different golf courses, they feel a part of it, and they want to support the fight against cancer. And the great thing about this is when we throw out those numbers, as you know, JT, we like to talk about net numbers because yeah. that's actually going to the American Cancer Society. And when you can get an event that nets over a million dollars every year, that is saving lives. And, you know, the best part of the, 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 the whole event is when you, when you hear from the survivors and you hear from the doctors and how events like this are, in fact, saving lives. Yeah, DJ Allen joins us. Been involved in all the work I've done from time to time associated with charities and other sports. When you talk about the net net of a million dollars, it's because of the size of the sponsors and the people that write checks. We have this thing on Sunday night at the Park MGM. We were looking for whole heroes and additional Money. So, hey, everybody's at this event at the pool. We're at the Park MGM, and then people step up and they raise their hand and they're writing more checks because they understand they're listening to Roy Williams. They're listening to Sean Farnham from ESPN talk about this passionately. Then Lon steps up. Dana Altman steps up. I spent time with Porter Mosier from Loyola, who's now at Oklahoma, and we talked about this. And then who taps me on the shoulder? Eric Musselman from Arkansas, who he says, oh, my God, I had no idea how big this event was, and all of them are reaching deep into their checkbook to be generous. Well, and what the coaches are able to do is the foursomes are sixteen grand. I mean, this is, yeah. this, is, this, is, this is real. And when the foursomes bring one or two of their groups from their schools out here, and then you get you know 30-plus coaches doing this, 
and those dollars start to come together. And then MGM Resorts just steps up because in so many events like this, you have to put a lot of those dollars back into the lodging. You have to put a lot of those dollars back into the parties. And MGM steps up and, and underwrites most of that. And then you have Stanford Health step up. But you talk about the coaches. I think this year we had 12 coaches who had their team ranked in the top 25 at one time this year. Yeah. I mean, Andy Infield from USC. Dana Altman is a big part of this. Um, McDermott from Creighton. Underwood from Illinois. Fran McCaffrey from Iowa. I mean, it just the list goes on and on. And this event has become the signature event for Coaches versus Cancer in the nation. Yeah, I'm proud to be associated with it. The work you do and your team is nothing but remarkable. I know it takes a year to put this together. It ends, and then you get ready for next year. I just quickly want to talk about the golf courses because I'm playing Shadow Creek yesterday, and it feels like it's God's golf course. We're out there, and the, and the LPGA is going to be there next. See, we, and I'm setting up the shots, and all of a sudden, out of the lake comes a black swan. And I'm like, wait a second, that's a real black swan. And my caddy is trying to line up the shot saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a bunch of ducks come by. And I'm saying, this is incredible. The day before, we're at Southern Highlands in that incredible gift shop and the golf shop and the clubhouse. And I'm talking around and I'm talking to a couple of coaches and they're blown away because they get to play, DJ, great golf courses in their communities, but nothing like we have here in Vegas. No. And I remember the first time, and I'm born and raised here, and I'd heard of Shadow Creek. I remember maybe 12 years ago, the first time I went there and, and, and lawn was driving and, and just going in the gates and being like, this isn't Southern Nevada and, and just blown away. And of course you talk about Southern Highlands and what's going on at the summit is this event's grown. And we're talking about, we had almost 70 foursomes who come in, they play wow. two days of golf, the most coaches ever. And, and most of these foursomes are coming in from out of town. But I think the best part as, amazing as the atmosphere is out at those golf courses the best part are the people yes. i mean the people working at the course they want to be there they want to be a part of this and and you know and, and this ends up you know we talk about the coaches who come out but peter jacobson comes out there great maddox is out there and they're all out there because they know that dollars are going to fight cancer yeah dj allen as we wrap it up i remember years ago when coaches versus cancer got on television and suits and sneakers, and you'd see coaches talking about it, and the country didn't understand it. They said, coaches, what? Cancer verse. Now it is a mainstay. Anybody who watches sports, college basketball, knows the impact of coaches versus cancer. And finally, I want to talk about the ability. Take our listeners behind the scenes of what's happening in Vegas on the college basketball landscape. We have Kevin Kruger with UNLV, and then we have big games that are going to be played at T-Mobile, and then hopefully eventually Final Fours at Allegiance stadium yeah and you know we, we we've been fortunate to be a, a part of that and obviously been around unlv basketball i mean our whole lives really involved the last 15 years and to see what mgm resorts has done to help be able to grow basketball and of course we know what has happened here in march with all the different tournaments but when mgm resorts got um the, the pac-12 and then when they had the vision of, of T-Mobile, how it kept growing and growing, Coaches versus Cancer has been a part of that. You know, Brooks Downing, his team with BD Global, promoting a lot of these games, and now that's turned into we got the NCAA tournament coming here. You know, six, seven years ago, we were down in Florida, you know, working with the leadership in college athletics, and it was funny how they're like, ah, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know if Vegas is ready. And now, you know, the fact that the NCAA tournament is coming here, 
and it's only a matter of time. It's not, as, as Jim Livengood, our friend, used to always say, it's not if, but when. It's only a matter of time before the Final Four is going to be at Allegiant. Yeah, he was and right on with that. And every yeah. and you and yeah. your team was fantastic. Hey, DJ, it's an honor for me to be associated with this. Raider Nation Radio now, our listeners at Lotus, they appreciate this because of the amount of money that was raised here. This is one of the premier events the entire year here in Vegas, and you pulled it off again. Thanks for coming on with us. No, you're welcome, and thank you for what you do, not just on that Sunday night when you're hosting the event in front of 400 people, but what you do year-round to help tell the story because it is a team that we all need to be a part of. Thanks, DJ. You're the best. Thank you. There there he is, DJ Allen, really good guy, good friend. Does a lot in this community, man. That guy does a lot in this community. He grinds it. His team with Jay Ship, Bridget Byrne, all my friends at X's and O's of Success, they all know who these people are. You know, we're on everywhere on the Raiders app, but it's nice when you can be involved with the charity where there's big money raised. And you don't have to be involved in a charity with big money. You can raise 100 bucks. Kids can raise 200 bucks at a lemonade stand. But when you're around people at an event who really care and want to make a difference, it's uplifting to me. I walked out of the event Sunday night shaking hands with everybody after I got off the stage with my wife. And we're talking to all these coaches, and I really feel proud to be involved with this because I want to do more of that. One of my goals and one of the things I want to do as I go forward 25 years in radio is help out more with your charities and what you're doing locally and nationally here. I'd love to be involved, but I can't know about it unless you let me know about it and we can contribute. So if you have ideas and something you want to reach out, just hit me up via Twitter at JT the Brick. Be kind to me and I won't surf into your DMs. Bobby's laughing, and we can make some money and bring people together. The Raiders are going to do a lot in town. They already. Mark Davis is very generous, very generous with his checkbook and what the Raiders are doing here. Big show. Good to be back. I was off a couple of days. I will be off a couple of more days because down the road, I'm working six days a week, the entire rest from August all the way through January into February, hopefully, so six days a week with this many hours. It's summer. We're here doing radio. When there's breaking news on the Raiders, you'll find it at Raiders.com or on the flagship station here. Great job, Bobby. Tonight's going to be interesting. Tonight, I'm going to watch LeBron versus Steph Curry and see if it delivers. A lot of people are really down on the NBA, down on the NBA. But it's, it's bigger than hockey. I'm sorry. It's bigger than baseball. It's the NBA. And tonight they have a marquee game to see if it could catch your interest. Thanks to all of our partners. We didn't have enough time to get them all in on this show. And that's a good thing because we have a whole bunch of partners. Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. 1 o'clock. Pete Rose. Oh, the all-time hit king at 1 o'clock. Sam from SamAndAshLaw.com. Andrew Brandt, the Packers executive who knows more about Aaron Rodgers because he signed him than anybody else. And we'll be talking Raiders football because there's Raiders content with all these rookies signing. Thanks for listening, everybody. The show is up on demand. Bobby tells me. You, yeah, yeah, it's there somewhere. Go find it. I love when you listen live and listen on that Raiders mobile app. Have a great night, everybody. Remember, every night, 7 to 10, Sunday to Thursday, I'm on Mad Dog Sports Radio on Sirius XM 82. Have a good night, everybody. All right? Take care.